0: Hi, Josh.
1: Hi, Chance. How are you doing today?
0: I'm wonderful. How are you? How was your Memorial Day weekend?
1: It has been um, nice and uneventful.
0: Yeah. So what are you reading right now, Josh, besides what we're going to talk about today?
1: Well, I'm reading a few different things. Um, I'm struggling my way through the guest book for the Barnes & Noble Book Club, um, but I'm listening to the audiobook book of um, John Waters' new book. Uh, mr know-it-all and i've been really enjoying that
0: oh yes he was on fresh air with terry gross right recently
1: he's been on a few things recently i've watched a few interviews with him um, and then i realized he was just telling stories directly out of the book so i stopped watching them and i've just gotten to him talking about um, a dirty shame which i really enjoyed Um, so i'm looking forward to hearing more about that
0: I sure do like when Tracy Ullman does the hokey pokey and picks up a water bottle without using her hands.
1: Yes, that's got to be one of the funniest scenes in the the entire movie.
0: Well, I'm reading a book. Um, I'm reading a fantasy novel. Really? Yes, it's called Magic's Pawn. It is book one of The Last Herald Mage by Mercedes Lackey.
1: Oh my goodness, I also wanted to start reading Mercedes Lackey recently too, so that is quite a coincidence.
0: Well, this is a really interesting book. Um, I'm trying to read more fantasy because I hate almost all of it. So I'm trying to find at least something that I like. Um, I've read about 150 pages of this one, and I enjoy it. So this book um, is about a young man named Vanyel, V-A-N-Y-E-L. Oh. They all have ridiculous names in this book. And he is the son of a wealthy lord or landowner. Um, but he's a little less than masculine. He doesn't live up to his father's stereotypically masculine ideals. Mm-hmm. So his father, he has four brothers, I think, and one sister. The sister's the only one who he gets along with. All the male members of his family torment him. So he eventually gets shipped off to some frigid old aunt to uh, take care to train him. Um, and so the ant trains these people known as heralds or herald mages, the ones that can do magic. And one of them, his name is Tylandel. Mm. I keep calling him Tylenol.
1: I thought um, you were going to say.
0: Yeah, so Tylenol, and he is what they call a shea-churn, shea-churn. I don't know how to how they pronounce it, but it basically means Gay um <laughs> they have a word for it because he's he's gay and um he describes the etymology of it at some point um because it comes from some foreign language of of bird people um and he describes exactly what the word means um which i thought was really interesting that it becomes part of these characters so they have this loving relationship and i'm curious to see where it
1: where it goes from here interesting we should do that for the podcast it could be fun um hi i'm joshua gross and i'm chance lee and this is gross misinterpretations the podcast where we examine popular media from a queer viewpoint today we'll be discussing stephen king's short story a very tight place
0: all right so let's begin with our brief plot summaries dueling plot summaries do you have yours ready
1: I do. Am I first or you're first?
0: No, you just unholster that puppy and get ready. Mine's 89 words.
1: Oh, i that's right. Mine is 106. I had to cheat a little bit.
0: You better cut out six words. <clears throat> Very tight place by Stephen King. Those aren't counted in my words. A gay Floridian man with a gagging fetish is in a property dispute with his neighbor whom he thinks is a raging asshole. Unfortunately for our protagonist... His neighbor is a raging psycho asshole who thinks he's a gay witch and locks him in a portable toilet, tips it over to drown him in poop. Thankfully, our gagging gay is well-equipped to handle this sticky situation, and he claws his way out of the toilet and confronts his neighbor and puts poop in his hot tub. The neighbor eventually commits suicide.
1: The end. That was that was very good. That was um that was very to the point, I feel. And um, thank you. Made a lot more sense than I think mine is going to, especially since I'm gonna have to just randomly remove six words.
0: Well, it's hard to make sense out of this story.
1: No, I can't remove six words. I'm just gonna say it.
0: Just say it then. Just leave off the last six words.
1: Those are important, though. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go ahead now. Curtis Johnson was a typical rich gay guy living on an island in the Florida Keys. He loves his dog and making himself gag, likes keeping track of the stock market, and wants to fuck his masseuse. However, he soon becomes embroiled in a bitter feud with his old, cancer-ridden divorcee of a neighbor, resulting in undeveloped property and one dead dog. Curtis is locked in a port by his vengeful neighbor, who's devoted to stamping out gay witchcraft. Curtis must crawl through a tank of hot poo to escape and get his own revenge. Learning nothing other than rescue dogs are the best choice.
0: <laughs> Maybe he'll name his next dog Tank
1: of Hot Poo. It's kind of That'd a, nice be a name, but that would be a vivid one.
0: We well, could shorten it to Tank, your tank, and then someone says, oh, why, are you, why did you name that dog Tank? Is it because he's so burly? And he'd say, no, it's short for Tank of Hot Poo, which my neighbor once locked me in, but it was really a life-changing and, and and productive experience for me.
1: Yeah, that sounds like that's going to lead to some very awkward conversations.
0: Well, speaking of awkward conversations, let's have one about this story, and you can tell us the context of what we have just called the poop story.
1: Awesome. There isn't very much context um, for this one. It's, it's a short story. It came out in a collection of short stories called Just After Sunset in 2009, and one of the big things I remember about it and— one of the things I remember to, to watch for was that it was supposed to have Stephen King's first gay protagonist, um, which it does in this story, A Very Tight Place.
0: Yes, when you told me that we were reading a story called A Very Tight Place and it had Stephen King's first gay protagonist, I said, is The Very Tight
1: Place an asshole? Yes, that is exactly what I thought as well when I heard the name of the story. So,
0: Yes, so I went through to look at some reviews of this short story collection and not a lot of them even mention this story. They avoid mentioning it altogether in The, Guar- in the Guardian. The New York Times says it's just plain bad taste, which, true, um, and there isn't really anything notable about it on Goodreads.
1: Oh, really? Nobody specifically talked about that particular story?
0: People thought it was gross. Yeah. That's about it. It it, mostly people's reaction is, it's gross. I thought I was going to throw up. And I'm not usually that squeamish. And I found this story very gross. It is gross. I think for me, the grossest parts are conjuring up the smells. Have you ever thrown up while reading or watching something?
1: I don't think I have.
0: I threw up once while watching TV. Really? Really? It was an episode of Bam Margera's show on MTV. Remember
1: him from Jackass? Oh, yeah, I remember. I was just surprised you were watching it.
0: I thought he was hot.
1: Oh, okay. That makes more sense.
0: Because they were always naked and doing stunts. Yeah. So he lived with that fat uncle of his or father. Well, both. But I don't know which one I'm specifically talking about right now but he had this infected toenail. And so they decided they were going to pull it off, pull off his toenail. I think they like put a hole in it, like with a needle, his toenail and put a string through it and then like put it, I don't know, attached the other end to a skateboard or a door or something and slammed it and the toenail flew off. Oh my God. And I'm fine at that point. I'm okay. Until they took the toenail and turned it over and sniffed it.
1: Oh my god.
0: And I ran into the bathroom and just dry heaved.
1: It's a really gross story. Yeah. I think so, but not. Better than this story.
0: You think, yeah, well, I mean, this is a story in which a man is covered in human excrement. So let's talk about the names in the story first before we get into it, perhaps. Oh, yeah. So, what's the name of our protagonist, Josh?
1: Our protagonist's name is Craig Johnson. Um, and at first I didn't think much of it, but as, um, Stephen King continued to use it and his, um, antagonist continued to call him Johnson over and over again, I just felt like perhaps Stephen King couldn't help himself.
0: And it was Curtis, not Craig, but you got the Johnson, right?
1: Oh no, I called him Craig. So I know, I know a Craig Johnson and there's a Craig Johnson who is a writer. And so Craig Johnson is the name that's stuck in my brain, I guess.
0: Wow, lots of Johnsons stuck in your brain. So, Mr. Johnson, he we begin the story because he is upset that Betsy is dead, right? And yeah. he he's moping over dead Betsy, who, when you first read it, if you were to first read this story, like if I were to read this story and not know that Mr. Johnson was Stephen King's first gay protagonist, I would think Betsy was his dead wife.
1: Right. Like, we wouldn't have any idea who the heck Betsy is supposed to be for kind of a long time, right?
0: It's at least three pages, which in a short story, you know, we're talking about that's 5% of the story almost, 5-10% of the story. We don't know that Betsy was actually his dog. And I don't think that I, I don't understand why King felt the need to be cagey about the dog's identity. Is the story told in first person or is it third person?
1: It's third person,
0: but it's focused on Mr. Johnson.
1: Yes, Curtis Johnson is—it's the whose point of view it's from through the whole story. Well,
0: he spends the first—I don't know—a significant portion of the story just thinking about how much he hates his neighbor, who he just calls the motherfucker. Right. Which is. A very unimaginative and stupid nickname for someone.
1: I know. You you'd think he could come up with something a little better than that. I've called people things worse than that.
0: He says it a lot, as if it's clever or funny or interesting.
1: And it isn't. Just repetitive and dumb.
0: It so it doesn't really get me on the side of this protagonist that he just calls this guy motherfucker again and again and again.
1: I didn't think there was really that much likable about Curtis in general. Um, he seems like the world's most boring gay, um, his hobbies other than, um, his dog seems to be just keeping track of the stock market, um, and gagging. Um, so, I mean, (laughs) I guess that's probably the best thing he could come up with to call that guy because he's just not that interesting or imaginative.
0: Right. He does love gagging and not in the gagging on, on my eleganza way, like we see on Drag Race, but just... Just straight-up gagging. Whereas Stephen King says, the hard, rejecting clench of the midsection plus the accompanying yaw of the mouth and throat. His His body was totally in gear, determined to oust the intruder. And he makes it explicitly clear that he is not bulimic. He's not doing this as an eating disorder. He's doing this because he likes the sensation of gagging.
1: Yes, which is another interesting thing to choose for your first gay protagonist to have um delight of the act of gagging
0: it's interesting that he chooses that while we actually we don't know that he's gagging on penises that's never talked about right i mean it's not it no and i mean there's there's no sex mentioned from this protagonist other than he wants his masseuse to proposition him
1: and he's disappointed that he has not
0: yes uh uh sammy sammy the masseuse curtis is disappointed he didn't offer his own services i imagine stephen king must have read about john travolta loving to feel up some male masseuses and thought that that was a good gay trait to include
1: yeah those gays they're always feeling up their masseuses
0: but i did write that at least stephen king's gay protagonists are as creepy as his straight ones
1: that's true
0: so, who is our antagonist in this story? I actually didn't write his name down.
1: Oh, gosh. His last name is Grunwald, um, which made me just think of Grindelwald the whole time. <laughs> yes, this
0: story should really be called The Crimes of Grunwald.
1: Yes. Um, and I don't remember his first name, and I don't really care. I mean, Grunwald is good enough for me. Um,
0: well, even, even though Grunwald is a raging homophobe who locks his neighbor in a... In a porta potty and thinks he's a gay witch, he's still more likable than Johnny Depp.
1: <laughs> yes, um, I absolutely agree with that statement. Um, <laughs> actually, Grinwald is a much more interesting character than Curtis is um, because Grinwald's kind of funny in a crazy homophobic sort of way. I mean,. He literally thinks Curtis is a gay witch and then goes into this big long spiel about how he's a gay witch and and how how he's thinking about his witch hunting abilities and stuff. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting one because you're a gay witch. Yes. And two, just because it seemed so bananas. Yeah. What were you going to say when I I called you a gay witch? I was
1: going to say I'm not that kind of a gay witch, though.
0: Like, what do you mean by that kind, the boring gay witch who just sits at the stock market all day?
1: No, not one that causes people to have cancer and get divorces.
0: Well, Johnson didn't do that either. Grindelwald just thinks he did. Grundelwald.
1: Exactly. Grunwald. Grunwald. (laughs) Grunwald, maybe.
0: I want to call him Grundelwald. Okay. Do you know what a grundle is? Um, No. I think it's another word for taint.
1: Oh, you learn something every day on gross misinterpretation.
0: Yeah, I was Googling that once and I found the unfortunate phrase grundle butter. Oh, yikes. Just what happens if you haven't cleaned your grundle thoroughly.
1: This is turning out to be grosser than I expected this podcast <laughs> to be. <laughs>
0: So what's the grossest thing we've talked about so far? Being locked in a porta potty sniffing the underside of Bam Margera's father's toenail, or grundle butter. Please rank them. (laughs) Please rank them from grossest to least gross. Go.
1: No, um, I can't even.
0: I would still say... So, like, I mean, if you had to... You have to choose. Like, you either are dumped on by human poop, you have to sniff a toenail, or... I don't know. Lick some Grundle butter. What would you choose? You, you have to. Your your neighbor has his gun up your butt, just as Grundlewald does in the story, right? And is forcing you to choose one of these three things because you're a gay witch. What do you
1: choose? Yeah, I take the porta potty.
0: Wow. Okay. So, Grundlewald does that, and he tells, he thinks that Curtis spends a lot of time in crappers. Um, because gays must love the smell of
1: crappers. Right.
0: There's a lot of talk about gays liking bathrooms in this one, and what I found most ridiculous is when he talks about glory holes, and he says that people come along and punch holes in porta-potties, vandals just for fun, or gay boys like you to make what they call glory holes. Oh, yes, I know about those things. I have all the information, neighbor.
1: Yes, he seems to be really well versed in gay men um, and witches. Well,
0: he's very poorly versed because no one, I, I really doubt anyone's made a glory hole in a porta
1: potty. No, that seems like that would be um, uncomfortable.
0: Well, it's uncomfortable, and w- e- either the giver or the receiver is going to be outside in public.
1: Right, so like they're just going to be standing <laughs> there fucking a porta potty while everybody around them is just, <laughs> what, watching? Waiting in line for their turn.
0: They're saying, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't wait. I'm just peeing through this hole. Or that, or you've got a dick hanging out of the hole as you're walking by. Oh, that's true. And, you know, you're just going to sit there and wait until they come out. You're going to know whose it is at some point. That made no sense. But Gertis doesn't challenge him on it. He's not like, oh, that's not how glory holes work. So I think we're just supposed to assume that that is, in fact, how glory holes work.
1: I think Curtis had better things on his mind than uh, contradicting um, how glory holes worked at the time. Because, I mean, he's got a gun up his butt and a crazy guy threatening to kill him. I probably would have just kept my P's and Q's to myself, too.
0: He's pretty argumentative with him, though.
1: Oh, like when?
0: Doesn't he? Well, well, no, you're right. You're right, because he does acquiesce to him, because he makes him say things like yeah, I love fucking my dog or whatever and he says it. but well, no, then he does. he stops saying it. He stops saying what he's being forced to say.
1: Well, the second one, yeah, he was just like, no, there's no way I can say that. And even Gruenwald was like, yeah, that was a dick move. I'm sorry.
0: He also when he has his gun in his butt, he tells him to get into the porta potty before I decide to turn your old tan track into a brand new super highway. And I was like, is tan, Tantrax a, a, a butthole or butt crack?
1: Yeah, I would not have paid any attention to that when reading the story if I wasn't specifically doing a podcast because normally I just read right through all of Stephen King's euphemisms and whatnot, would take them just as they are. But I saw that one and I was like, oh, wait a minute. What does he mean by that? And then I was like, oh, he means his butthole.
0: Well, I guess Grundlewald hasn't heard of anal bleaching. I guess not. So what is motivating Grundlewald?
1: Well, he's very pissed off about this whole property dispute he's having with with Curtis. Um, And Curtis is, like, suing him over it and because he killed his dog with his electric fence then grunwald got cancer and his wife left him and he became a complete and utter crazy person and all his hate and rage um is being directed at curtis basically
0: yeah a lot of it seems to stem from his own sort of insecurity he yells at curtis and says you guys think you're so smart implying that i guess gays think they're really smart
1: yeah, he has lots of interesting opinions about gays that they're... He, I mean, he says that they're really smart, but he also calls them lazy later on. Like, that's just something everybody knows about the gays, is they're lazy, um, which, which I think And they all was, have dogs. Oh, and they all have dogs, yes.
0: Because they can't get a woman, so they have dogs. He also specifies that all faggots are liars, but not all liars are faggots.
1: Oh, that's right. They're liars, too. So they're lazy, they're liars, but they're smarter than him. And they like having public sex, especially in porta potties and glory holes.
0: So, what um, what ends up happening to to Johnson after he's locked into the porta potty?
1: Grinwald ends up tipping it over. I think he mm-hmm. yells a bunch of nonsense at him first through the holes in the porta potty, and then he knocks it over um, so that it's on its side, um, which causes some stuff to slosh out of it onto him.
0: Well, he's like an inch deep in waste.
1: Right. But somehow there's also, it's also tilted at an an angle where fresh water coming up from the rain puddles oozing in through there that he can drink.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, because he doesn't know how long he's going to be stuck in there because it's at like an abandoned construction site.
1: Right. And so he thinks he could be, you know, he's probably going to die in there if he doesn't have food and water. Um, but somehow he's managed to slurp up that uh, that rainwater from the puddles that's coming up from underneath the the door of the porta potty, um, but not in an angle where it's, I guess, mingling with the the poop and pee water.
0: I couldn't figure out the logistics of this porta potty.
1: Or maybe it was just the one turd that flew out when he when it got tipped over, <laughs> it landed in his lap, and the rest stayed in the tank.
0: <laughs> the winged turd that just <laughs> flew
1: out right
0: yeah so he ends up having to crawl through the hole um where you would where you would sit if you were using this to escape um and he's equipped to do that because like he doesn't mind gagging from the smell he somehow feels good about it it says he felt honest that he had somehow earned the vomiting it's really strange that this has turned into a positive experience for him. And it's almost like Stephen King is suggesting that if this had been a straight person locked in the porta potty, they would have just died because they wouldn't have been able to stand
1: it. Perhaps. Um, it seems like he puts uh, Curtis Johnson through um, a significant amount of degradation, um, like not only being locked in there, but having it tipped over and when he tries to climb in through the the hole. He falls face first into the muck. Um, mm. And um, maybe that's supposed to, to lessen the degradation he's putting him through, the fact that he's learning some sort of powerful lesson about it or something, which he doesn't really. As you pointed out, he's just as compulsive as he was before. But I guess um, he earned the right to, to gag for real instead of gagging for no reason.
0: Yeah, there's a moment where he, he gets out and... And he says, look, Ma, no gagging necessary. Like he's really proud of triumphing over this completely incidental fetish that he didn't he didn't seem to be upset about it. It's not like it affected his life or he was ashamed about it. Right. He didn't so, seem to care. Th- no, there's this unearned triumph about it. But he's birth to because there's all this almost like birth imagery when he crawls out of the toilet through this crack in it, like a poop filled vaginal canal and the crown of his head appears and he's birthed out. It's it's like a literally
1: newborn gay baby. Yes. It's, it's literally um, the rebirth imagery like, um, and it made me think of um, Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura too, where he's crawling naked through the butt of a rhinoceros um, it, yes. It made me think of that, especially because as he's crawling out of the uh, porta potty, it's like scratching him and pulling all of his clothes off of him. <gasps> That's right. And so when he does fly, flop out into the mud uh, next to the porta potty, he's naked, he's scratched up, and he's covered in shit and piss and just gross. Like a. He, and newborn. I don't think he
0: goes. Like a. <laughs> Like a newborn, but he's not getting checked out for any sort of diseases. Maybe Stephen King thinks since he's gay, he either has them all or is immune to them. I don't know.
1: That's probably it. Uh...
0: So then he goes to confront Grundlewald, who is soaking in his hot tub. Yeah. So Curtis comes, puts a bunch of poop in his hot tub, um, and tells him that he didn't call the police because witches don't call the police, especially not as
1: gay ones. Which is weird
0: i feel like stephen king was typing that and if he knew the phrase yes queen like he'd be saying that to himself in his head as he typed it right feeling really proud of himself for that
1: comeback yeah no i think he was pretty impressed with himself when he wrote that but um it just it made no sense and uh it makes neither one of them know what they're talking about about anything really
0: no, he does it a couple of times. He also says, us gay guys rarely bathe alone. Surely you came across that fact in your internet searches. And gay witches? Never.
1: I can assure you that is not true.
0: Do gay witches always bathe alone?
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's it's, an, it's on an individual case-by-case basis, really. You know, you can't make these sweeping generalizations about anyone, let alone gay witches
0: that's true gay witches are not a monoculture that's right um what i found interesting is that johnson kind of uses this as some sort of dramatic irony um and tells grundlewald that if he just left him alone he would have gotten exactly what he wanted which was this property um and johnson says because i was locked in the shithouse already and didn't even know it so he was in some metaphorical shithouse?
1: Developed well enough for him to actually say that um, because I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. I mean, yeah, I, do, I don't know. It's just because he's so sad about his dog being dead or because his gagging really bothers him more than he lets on.
0: I don't know. And he only likes that dog because she was trained to bring him his TV remote.
1: I know he mentioned that like three times throughout the book that his dog always brought him his TV remote whenever he told her to.
0: And he, and he calls the TV remote the idiot stick.
1: Idiot stick,
0: yeah. That seems
1: like an old man thing to call it.
0: It really does. Um, yeah, that every single time he mentions the dog, I think the only memory he has of that dog is her bringing him the remote.
1: Yeah. They, they don't have any other cute or heartwarming stories together where they walked along the beach or chased after or something or played fetch. It was always just, go get my remote, bitch.
0: Right. He could have at least trained her to pull his masseuse's pants down. <laughs> yeah. The- you know, like 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 his masseuse is the little girl on like the Coppertone bottle or whatever <laughs> with the dog pulling right. the bikini bottom down. Yeah.
1: Just kind of nudge him in the right direction.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he feels very proud of himself, Johnson does, and fancies himself a transformed man because that's all any gay man needs is to you know give himself a spiritual makeover is to be locked in a porta potty and he decides that he might go to target and buy half a dozen pairs of overalls because he's the new non-compulsive curtis johnson an overall kind of guy yeah he's non-compulsive again he's just going to go to target and buy six pairs of overalls because that's not compulsive at all
1: and he's going to look completely ridiculous in them should he decide to go through with that plan
0: do you think he would be the type of person that would wear overalls and no shirt?
1: I mean, he literally does in the book, so I just assumed he would continue that trend.
0: So what happens to Wald in the end?
1: So, yeah, the ending is... Um, I had mixed thoughts on the ending there because uh, Curtis Johnson is just happily chit-chatting with his, uh, his housekeeper, Mrs. Wilson, um, about possibly <laughs> getting a new dog. I thought that was strange that he called his housekeeper Mrs. Wilson as opposed to, like, her first name. Um, But maybe they'd like to keep things formal in the Johnson household. Um, Well, as we learned
0: from—maybe he's from um, Castle Rock, where it would be flirting if he were to call her by her first name.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, yes, if he Mm -hmm. called her by her first name, it would probably be construed as flirting as we learned Mm -hmm. from Elevation. So, good. Okay, that makes more sense then. Anyway, they're chit-chatting in the kitchen when uh, the gunshot goes off next door. Um, And I guess we're supposed to find some sort of satisfaction in the fact that this old, crazy, witch-hunting cancer victim just shot himself. I mean, yeah, it's kind of fucked up that he tried to lock Curtis in a porta potty but it's still kind of a gross ending. I mean, it is a horror story, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, but there's nothing really all that horrific about suicide. In a horror sense, right? Like it's horrific. You know what I mean.
1: I know what you mean. But yeah, it kind of um, it kind of bugged me that it ended on that note. But I mean, the- he also suggested
0: he also suggests that he and Mrs. Wilson could go next door together and check and see if it's
1: okay. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, my God. Why would you put your housekeeper through that? You know exactly what's going on over there. You're like, oh, yeah, let's just go on over and traipse through the blood all over the floor to find his dead corpse.
0: Yeah, I don't think Curtis is a very trustworthy individual.
1: Yeah, he's, um, he's something.
0: Also, when he at one point when he's about to leave, instead of saying, I'm leaving or I'm out of here, he says, I'm taillights.
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, I've never heard anyone say that. Um, I said it to Reed actually yesterday. I was like, "I'm tail lights," and he was like, "What does that mean?" And I'm like, "Oh, it was in this dumb story." <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that from now on. I'm tail lights. It's just gonna confuse people. Um, one thing that I did want to talk about um, is the exposition in the story. Um, I was really bored when I started reading the story because it, it seemed like it was just page and page and page of him telling us what had happened between these two. Um, and I was really bored with it. And then I started to think about, well, how else could he have done it to set up the story that he wants to tell? Um, but then he does do it. He does it when Grunwald has him in the porta potty. He literally just goes through their whole history together. I mean, yeah, from his biased point of view, he changed it up a little bit. All that exposition could have been stuck in there right in that part of the story instead of subjecting us all to multiple pages of it at the beginning of the story.
0: It is a lot of the same information again and again and again.
1: And I didn't think we need any of that in the beginning. What I
0: was curious about is why the port-a-potty is called a portosan. Um because I don't think porta potty is copyrighted. Um, port, Porto San isn't—it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. I assume the San is for sanitary or sanitation, so maybe it's supposed to be ironic.
1: Maybe he just thought it was copyrighted and decided to call it something different just in case.
0: Well, while I was trying to figure out if Porta Potty was copyrighted, I did come across an archaic term for a toilet, um, which I'm—I don't know why it went out of style, and I think we should bring it back.
1: Oh, I remember you told me about this, and I don't remember what it was now. Thunderbox. Oh, that's right. Thunderbox. That's back when the toilet
0: was more of a chamber pot actually stored in a box.
1: Oh, yeah, and there's like a picture of it and everything.
0: I would love to have a Thunderbox in my
1: house. Why? Why would you use it?
0: I mean, probably not, unless it was cold, and I didn't want to get out of, you know, my warm bedroom to go to the bathroom.
1: But that means I don't have a good
0: heating situation in my apartment.
1: That means that you and your box full of whatever would be spending the night together in the same room.
0: But then i close the thunder box, and then in the morning, I can just, you know, dump it out the window.
1: Okay, so the fact that it's in a box should keep it from being unpleasant to be around.
0: I guess that's why they kept it in a box.
1: Right. Okay. I guess I could understand that. And it's portable, too. So you could just take it around with you while you're going about town or going to the library or stopping by the I grocery I could take store. my Thunderbox
0: anywhere. Yeah. Out to eat. <laughs> to the park. To the amusement park. Take it on a roller coaster. Car wash. Oil change.
1: Oh, my goodness. Chilies. Did you notice how many times Curtis Johnson cried throughout the book? Did he cry a lot? Yeah, he cried at least three different times. What
0: was he crying about?
1: Um, there was there was something he was crying about in the beginning. Um, maybe before he got into the, the porta potty, and then he cried in the porta potty. Um, I think after he tried to beat on the door and break his way out of something he was never going to get out of, and then falls to the the wet floor to cry. And then I think he cries again afterwards. Um, maybe before an, or after his uh, Shawshank Redemption scene where he uh, screams up at the the sky full of rain.
0: Oh, yes, it totally is like Tim Robbins. Just as if he... No, because he just escapes. Does he escape through a poop tunnel? No.
1: No, it's not a poop tunnel. It's just an actual tunnel that he slowly dug with a spoon for like 50 years or something.
0: he probably pooped in there at least once
1: oh that's true well it depends on how long that tunnel was
0: well i was curious there's one part where grundlewald tells um curtis that if he got that gay boy senator in a pile of victoria's secret undies they could have a lingerie party and i didn't know who the gay boy senator was that he was talking about
1: oh Yes, I remember reading that note and wondering the same thing, too, and then not bothering to look at it in any way, shape, or form.
0: So the only senator I could think of was Barney Frank, but he wasn't a senator. He was just a House representative.
1: Yeah, no, I, I thought Barney Frank, too, but I guess that doesn't work.
0: Once Barney Frank and Ian McKellen were on real time with bill maher together mm, yeah. and i just know after this show after the show they totally did it well the sexual tension between them was palpable was
1: it really or is that just oh. what, how you think gay men work
0: that isn't that how all gay men work i mean if gay men are on a talk show together they're doing it they're
1: clearly going to do it afterwards or before mm-hmm. or even maybe during it's hbo they they could they could hear that that's right Yeah, I don't know if anybody knows what uh, popular gay senator was uh, prancing around town in 2009. Let us know.
0: And if anyone knows that Barney Frank and Ian McKellen have done it, please let us know. So, is there anything else we have to say about this story?
1: Well, what what was your main takeaway from the story? What do you think? That it sucks. What do you think the 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 point of it was? What was the the message here with this story?
0: Well, at the end of the short story collection, Stephen King writes a little bit about each story and literally tells you what the point of each story was. And he says that his point of this story was just that he was scared of porta-potties and thought it would be really gross to be locked inside one. So he wrote a story about it to gross himself out.
1: Well, I think that's a dumb reason to write a story. I mean, it's a fine enough place to start, but I think there needed to be more to it than that. And other than it just being gross and a scary thing to be locked in a porta-potty, I mean, and I think he tried to do that a little bit by giving Curtis some sort of a a a reawakening of some sort but it didn't make any sense um, and it didn't seem like it was the focus
0: I think it's just a very bad story
1: and a gross one
0: and a gross one but not gross in the gross misinterpretations way which is a nice gross but a gross gross
1: (laughs) that's right um i did manage to cobble together a quiz for you but i had to do it myself because nobody would bother to make a quiz for this random gross short story um at least if they did make it they didn't put it on the internet for me to find
0: well let's take a quick break so i can hit the thunderbox, and then we can come back for the quiz okay okay i've clawed my way out of the thunderbox, and i'm ready for a quiz
1: fantastic i don't want you to get too excited it is not that great of a quiz but i did my best
0: i am so excited i might have to go to the Thunderbox again in the middle
1: of it i'm so excited oh my goodness um this first question is probably the easiest one in the quiz so brace yourself
0: um, how many questions are there 10
1: there are there are 10 yes okay i'm ready number one what is curtis's dog's name betsy you are correct brilliant Thank you. Number two. Why does Grinwald think Curtis didn't set his security alarm?
0: He, he didn't set his
1: security alarm? Yeah, at his house. Grinwald doesn't think Curtis bothered to set his security alarm, even though Curtis said he did. What is the reason he thinks he didn't set his security alarm?
0: Because he's gay.
1: Close. There's a more specific reason.
0: Because he's a gay witch with a spell protecting his <laughs> state. Um, a big gay spell.
1: I would give you one more chance.
0: Um
1: it's very specific and it because
0: he's gay and he didn't set his alarm cuz he wants other gays to come in and have a big gay orgy.
1: That would probably make more sense than what he actually said. Are you ready for this?
0: I'm so
1: ready. He said that he probably didn't set his security alarm because he has his mind on blowjobs. <laughs> Uh, Does he have his mind on blowjobs more than like a straight guy would? Because, I mean, that isn't an exclusively gay thing there.
0: I've forgotten to lock my front door so many times because I'm just thinking about (laughs) blowjobs.
1: But is it because you're gay?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about gay (laughs) blowjobs.
1: Oh, boy. Number three. When did Grunwald really feel his life was first darkened by Curtis's gay witch curse?
0: When his wife left him.
1: You are so right. Oh, that was just a guess. For a bonus, what was the next thing that happened?
0: He got cancer.
1: No. Shit. One more chance.
0: Um, he got a hemorrhoid.
1: No, nope, it's the IRS came sniffing around. <laughs> the big gay IRS. <laughs> Looking for blowjobs.
0: <laughs> you know the IRS is just taxing blowjobs.
1: <laughs> Question number four. Why was this portosan harder to get out of than a normal one?
0: Did it have some sort of like metal reinforcement to protect it from glory holes? <laughs>
1: Well, it did have some extra metal on there to protect it from, like, um, I'm just assuming, construction equipment. Um, but there's a specific word for it. Do you remember what it's called? Sheeting. No. Siding. One more try.
0: S- um, cladding.
1: Yes. How
0: did you pull that out of your pocket if you
1: didn't think <laughs> of that the first <laughs> guess?
0: I, you know, I had I, it had like two two letter, uh, you know, sheeting. So it's cladding, cladding.
1: So that was just your process to get to cladding. It was. They're linguistically similar. Uh, it was shooting around in there. You just had to get to it. Got it.
0: Yeah, it was. It was rattling around in there. And it finally slid out of the glory hole of my brain.
1: <laughs> um, the question is, when Curtis is musing to himself, what reason did Curtis give that he can deal with poison air? Because
0: he gags a lot. No. Sir Gags a lot. That would be <laughs> Curtis's rap name. He would think that was really cool. Yeah. He had
1: an urban name like Sir Gags a lot, and then he can wear his uh, his overalls with like one strap hanging down
0: and backwards. Yes. Um. So he has a reason for dealing with poisoned air.
1: Yeah, he's like, I can deal with poisoned air because of why? Because.
0: Oh, I'm because of gay witchcraft.
1: Yes, because he's a witch. Seriously? (laughs) He was just kind of musing to himself, oh, I can handle this poison there. I'm a witch, aren't I?
0: So he casts a big, like, gay bubble over his head?
1: No, I think he was just making a joke to himself. He's not funny. In a weird moment of joke-making, considering he's shoving his body into a toilet tank full of poop and pee.
0: Well, you've got to lighten the mood somehow. I
1: guess so. Stephen King's very good about that. Um, He has some tone issues for sure. Um, Question number six. What island does this take place on? It takes place on an island? It does. It's in the Florida Keys. The Florida Keys are literally islands. Oh. Um, Key Island. That is incorrect. Did you want any more guesses or do you think you'll never get it?
0: Aruba, that's not a Florida key.
1: <laughs> it's not
0: the the ma- master key island.
1: I'm sorry, those are all incorrect. The correct answer: Turtle Island.
0: Turtle Island.
1: Turtle Island. Yes. T-
0: Turtle Island. Like more. Lo- Is that a real island?
1: Um, it it might be. Um, it might be the same one that Guy and Duma key lived on, or it might just be made up. I don't know.
0: I want to see if it's a real island, and I wonder if their tourist bureau is like, come to Turtle Island, featured in Stephen King's story, a very tight place. Well,
1: I know Stephen King has a a house down there in the Florida Keys.
0: I'm searching Turtle Island, Florida Keys. No.
1: Okay, yeah, I found one in Fiji, but not the Florida Keys. Why would he just make up an island and call it Turtle Island? Well, probably because they're all pretty small, so he'd have to accurately represent if he was going to use a a real island. Hmm. Not to mention, he he makes up places all the time. Castle Rock, Derry, Chester's Mill.
0: I guess, but they're in Maine, which is a real state.
1: Florida is also a real state.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? Have you been there?
1: Um, unfortunately, I've spent quite a bit of time in Florida that um, I regret that uh, I did not enjoy any of my time in Florida.
0: Were you too locked in a in a
1: Porto sand? I wasn't unfortunately, but it could have happened. I th- I feel like anything of that nature could happen in Florida. It's a land of possibilities. <laughs> Bad possibilities for the most <laughs> part. Um, are you ready for question number seven? Yes. What does Curtis use as a makeshift screwdriver?
0: His... No, I'm not going to say that. This is a classy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what does he use? Well, is it something that he has on him or something he finds in the porta potty?
1: Well, if I told you that, it would give part of it away.
0: I need a hint.
1: Okay. So, it's something that he had with him in the porta potty that he could use to unscrew the screws in the bottom of the porta potty.
0: A nail file.
1: Incorrect. uh, uh drill bit. No. I guess I made these a little bit harder than I intended to. Um, you, That's okay. You get one more guess.
0: One more guess of something he could use to undo a screw.
1: Something that ties the uh, whole story together.
0: A, a, a toilet handle flusher.
1: I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. The correct answer is... Oh, a magic wand. I already turned the page. Um, Betsy's dog tag.
0: Oh, that's right, the dog tag.
1: He had Betsy's dog tag in his wallet, um, and it was mm. just the right shape to stick in one of those screw slots. So, moving on. Question number eight. What was inside the worksite? Mini fridge.
0: A hot dog.
1: Incorrect.
0: A can of tuna.
1: Are you thinking about the story that you read at all? Spam. I, well, I,
0: So it's related to the story?
1: Not really, but I mean, he gets that... Well, he, de- it, he does consume whatever he finds in the mini fridge after he gets... He eats it? He consumes it.
0: Uh, half empty jar of mayonnaise.
1: There were four bottles of Zephyr Spring water in the mini-fridge. But the mini-fridge wasn't on, so they were warm, and he had one of them.
0: Oh. I was just trying to think of things Stephen King might make a gay man devour, like a hot dog or mayonnaise or...
1: Oh, I see. You had a theme. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't go there, considering he went with Johnson for the name.
0: Squirting mustard into his mouth
1: you know like gay witches
0: do yeah gay witches love m- grey poupon they ride up next to a car on their broomstick
1: and say do you have any grape poupon that is a timely reference there champ <laughs>
0: <laughs> well like Stephen King I'm trying to keep it current
1: okay yeah, yeah good job that is a, a humorous image you have conjured up though
0: because mm-hmm. I'm a gay witch yep. I'm conjuring
1: yes I'm thinking of what gay witches do. um, Question number nine is, what is it that gay witches especially don't do?
0: Call the police. You got it. Do you think gay witches listen to the police? Like Sting's band.
1: (laughs) No. I like the police. I mean, they're fine, but I'm kind of over them, you know.
0: Mm.
1: I've moved on musically. Also, once again, we're making sweeping generalizations about a whole society of people.
0: That's true. I apologize. Not,
1: not all gay witches listen to the police.
0: I'm sorry. I generalized about Sting fans.
1: I was <laughs> oh, speaking of Sting. He has a new album that came out actually, um, and it is um, it is a cover album of his own songs um, that he's redone, uh, which I thought was interesting.
0: Is he redoing that scene in Dune where he wears those tiny metal underpants?
1: Unfortunately, no, but he definitely should. He should. Are you ready for the last um, and weirdest?
0: I, I don't know if I can handle it, but I'm ready.
1: Oh, no, this one might be easy. Number 10. At the end of the story, Grunwald thinks Curtis looks like an extra from what TV show? Star Trek. No.
0: Twin Peaks. I'm
1: gonna give you a hint. Think about what you're wearing at that point.
0: Dukes of Hazard.
1: You're getting closer. You get one more guess. Older. Beverly Hillbillies. No, hee-haw.
0: Hee-haw. My dad's favorite show. Really? It was. Yeah. Oh. He loved he he loved hee and haw and. Hawing.
1: I don't think I knew anybody that loved Hee Haw. Oh, you know, my great-grandmother might have watched it. I remember, I think I saw it on her TV, and that's the only reason I knew it existed.
0: He loved Hee Haw and Sanford and Son.
1: Well, Sanford and Son's a good choice. I don't know about Hee Haw.
0: There's a questionable episode of Sanford and Son and with a gay man. Oh, is there? Yeah. Tell me more. It's been a long time since I saw it, but I remember lots of, like, mincing, queenie comments.
1: Oh. Yeah, that was the 70s for you. All right, well, you did pretty good on the quiz, I guess. You missed uh, you missed number 10. You missed number 8. You missed number 7. You missed number 6. Um, you missed number 2. So you only missed 5 of them. <laughs>
0: Well, wow. you did pretty good on the quiz. You got a 50. <laughs> You're a very encouraging teacher.
1: Well, I tried. Um, I made the quiz way too hard, um, but I didn't want to make it super easy, and I knew there was stuff that we were going to literally talk about during the podcast, so I was like, well, I don't want to put something in there we're obviously going to talk about. So
0: That was a good challenging quiz. It just, I'm going to have to pay more attention in the future.
1: Okay. Yeah. Although, I think... Yes. I'm sure more more popular works will have quizzes that already exist that I can use.
0: Speaking of more popular works, do you want to talk about what we're going to do next time?
1: Oh, yeah. So the next time on Gross Misinterpretations, we are going to be discussing Silence of the Lambs. Thomas Harris just recently came out with a new book after, what, 13 years? Um, he takes a really long time to write books, so um, his newest book is kind of a big deal, whether it's any good or not remains to be seen but since uh, he is back in the public um public spotlight again we are going to be reading silence of the lambs which we thought would be perfect for this podcast because it definitely has some extremely problematic queer related stuff in it
0: well i am curious to reread silence of the lambs i haven't read it in 20 years
1: yeah it's been a while for me too and i was much surprised when i discovered i didn't actually own it anymore either so i had to actually go get a copy
0: well we'll have a lot to say about it next time
1: yeah, and um, I was also going to talk to my friend Breed about it um, to get a transgender ex- uh, viewpoint um, on Silence of the Lambs, because there's a there's a lot to unload there. Yes. So, um, we can look forward to that.
0: I already am.
1: Me too. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about?
0: Nope, this story sucked.
1: Okay, yeah, it was not a great story. Um, Don't forget to like and review um, our podcast on iTunes, and um, we will see you guys next time.
0: Yes, stay curious.
1: Bye.